The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, the Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. Competitive rates. Fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Can't wait to see our friends from Madison County Farm Bureau Insurance. Bob Atkins and the folks from Madison County Farm Bureau. We're going to see them on Thursday night at Char in Jackson for the football film study dinner. It is sold out. All right. You. How about you that? Did, you did save me a little chair out by the kitchen, didn't you? Yeah, Roger. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was told they need some help afterwards oh, uh, washing up. I'm and I'm good. Wow, look, <laughs> half a steak. They didn't eat that. You want that? <laughs> you know, that reminds me, Roger, that thing we brought up that one time of whether or not this big issue that was a totally a Chris Brooks, Beaver, Mississippi gridiron topic. If you're at Cracker <laughs> Anything Barrel. Anything but sports then. <laughs> well, if you're at Cracker Barrel and they haven't brought you biscuits, but the table next to you has left, and there are biscuits oh, yeah. sitting there in the basket they hadn't eaten. Do you reach over and get one, or you let them go? You know that was the big question. We're not getting into that now. Okay. Because now, I, w- I wasn't sure even then whether we were talking about like would we do it or would it be considered yeah. gauche to do it? Because I dang sure right. would do it. <laughs> exactly, Roger. It's two different things. Like you're not supposed to, but yeah, we probably would if nobody's looking. Exactly. Right. So welcome in. To the Farm Bureau studio. It is Reaction Monday on the show. And since we around here stay connected to you in a lot of different ways because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired, you can call the show on the Divinity Equipment phone, 601-995-1059. There it is. 601-995-1059. That's the number to call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. means they've been doing it better, longer than everybody else. Call me on the Divinity phone. You can also call the text line at 88... I'm sorry, you can't call that. You can text <laughs> the text line. I got confused. 885-ESPN. Text away. 885 ESPN or 885-3776. All right, so look here. First text of the day is from an unnamed texture, and it says, okay, Matt, give it to us straight. And look at that phone line. <laughs> you got to see it. I wish I could see Roger. <laughs> He's working as fast as he can. Ring, hello, hang on. Ring, hello, hang on. <laughs> here we go. All right, so unnamed texture says, Matt, give it to us straight. 
First, I know this is not the part you want to hear, but first, I had a great weekend. It was, uh, it's always great. I told you this last week on a selfish deal. You know, it's fun to go back to Auburn for me. It's close to home. Spent two nights at my mom's house. Got to spend time with her. Listen, you know how it is when you go to mom's house. I got to her house a little later than I wanted to on Friday night. It forced me to miss the Prattville versus Wetumpka game. She actually lives in Wetumpka now. And I had to miss it because I I only got to her house at about the time the second half was starting. And so I missed the game. I could sit out on her back porch and just across the road, I could hear the people yelling and screaming and the bands playing at the stadium there in downtown Wetumpka. I love that. Isn't it great? small town. Oh, it's just great. Anyway, so I missed it, but I was able to kind of keep up with it online. But I show up at her house, so that tells you how late it was and I got there, Roger. And guess what? She goes, hey, I got food in the kitchen there. Eat yet? Eat yet? <laughs> she was made that one this, of Jeff Foxworthy's words, jeet? Hey, jeet yet? <laughs> she had this big thing of shepherd's pie, Ooh. Um, which is one of my favorites that she makes. And those done well are hard to beat. Oh, man. And she had this other big pan of this dip that she makes, you kind of eat it with crackers. We eat it with wheat thins, but it's like it's a chicken and bacon and cream cheese dip. Stop it! <laughs> I didn't. I did not eat lunch or breakfast. Make your tongue slap your hat <laughs> off. And I'm talking. This was nine o'clock. She goes, "I know you're here a little late, but I've got it in there. I said, I'm going to eat it. I, I'm going to eat it." And if you go know to mom's house, and don't eat something wrong with you. I rolled through Walgreens, bought a thing of uh, chewable tums just for that purpose. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, yeah, I ate it late, and I needed the Tums, and yeah, I ate it all over again for lunch the next day before, right there at Mom's house before I left to go to Auburn for the game and then back to her house. So, you know, regardless of an outcome of a football game that I wasn't playing in <laughs> or had no money on the game, uh, you couldn't possibly rain on my parade. And, you know, the only negative, yeah, okay, the outcome of the game, but it was blooming hot that day. And we're going to have more of that heat this weekend. But, you know, they didn't get, let Saturday ruin your whole weekend. No. Hey, and I'll tell you what I did, Roger. I, I couldn't help it. Yesterday morning before I left with Tumka, I, um, they've got some cool stuff downtown. A lot of movies have been filmed there in downtown with Tumka. And uh, they got oh, this. Oh, yeah. Very familiar with the greater with Tumka area. I, and they, you know, they've got this. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. Picking up your sarcasm, by the way. They've got this old, old, just like antique bridge <laughs> still in operation across the. Uh, the river there, Cahaba River. Yeah, and so I flew my Neat. drone. I flew my drone around town, over the river and around the bridge, and then I drove. You know that movie Big Fish? Remember that movie Big Fish? It goes back a ways. Yeah, um, they filmed it there in Wetumpka, a lot of it, and, and the house that was kind of like the main house, the setting where the guy in Big Fish lived, and it's right there in Wetumpka. I went and got some footage of that, so I'll send you a shot so you could see it. It was really neat. Anyway. And so outside of the game, I had a great weekend. And glad to be back with you here on Reaction Monday. So don't let me delay any further. I know you're texting and want to know about the game and all this kind of stuff. So um, we'll jump into that now. First, though, I don't want people on my phone line hanging on any longer than they have to, so let's get it going. Divinity Equipment phone. First up, Wayne in Crystal Springs. What's up, Wayne? Uh, nothing much. Well, I got a comment about this. You know, about the Mumford. I mean, it just seems like to me they can change, change that rule, you know. I mean, two old men got the ball and they scored. 
you know, I, in my opinion, they ought to just change that rule. Hey, if he if he throws up and out like the ball hot, Right. If the kid's hasting scoring, I think they ought to count it. Okay, I mean, I, all right. You know, you've been around football more than me, you know, but I do want to see your opinion on it. Okay, what you're saying, Wayne, is you're talking about the muff punt by Alabama that was recovered by Ole Miss. That's right. It bounced off of yeah, a guy's yeah. helmet. Ole Miss catches it in the air after he muffs the punt and runs it on in for a touchdown. But um, they, they said according to the rule – which is true. You can read the rule book. According to the rule, the, the receiver for Alabama muffs the punt. It never touched the ground. It bounces off of him, off of a helmet, up into the air, right into the arms of an Ole Miss player running for the end zone. He runs it in. And according to the rule, still, they can't advance it. Once they possess the ball on a muff punt, it's their ball at that spot and can't advance it. Okay, that is the rule. But here's the thing that I agree with you on Wayne when I was watching the play. And okay, it was a learning experience for me. I'm watching that game in the press box at Auburn. And when I saw it, I go, light bulb goes on. I go, wait a minute. Is there a difference between a muff punt when the ball hits the ground versus a muff punt that never even touched the ground? The guy caught it in the air. And according to the rule, it's not. I'm not sure I previously knew that. So. Here's why I think they have the rule the way it is, all right? Is because it's essentially the same thing as, say, the receiver or the punt returner waves fair catch, right, and lets the the ball go behind him. Well, he never even touches the ball, and if the covering team catches, if Ole Miss were to caught the ball in the air, they're just going to down the ball right there and give it to Alabama. So they're kind of using that as their base point, but. After watching it, I have to agree with you. If you muff the punt, you don't catch it, it hits you on the arm, it goes through the wickets, kicks off your leg and gets on the ground, and the team goes over there and picks it up, that's one thing. It's on the ground at that point. But if it hits off that return man and never touches the ground, he bobbles it right to a guy, to me that ought to be a live ball and you ought to be able to keep running. It's strange that... All these years in football, it's something I never thought about, Wayne, until that play in the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Yeah, you know, I've seen it several times, but, they, you know, that'd that be about like you do it to a wide receiver. He just, like somebody, you just throws it up in the air, just something freak happens. Yeah, I know. You know I know it's a different, different thing, yep. but I think that's one rule. They could, they could just say, hey, hey, the muff, muff call is eliminated. I mean, they – you know, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you are saying if you muff the punt, you either get on the ball or the other team can get the ball and do whatever they want with it. And it's it would definitely. It would definitely. Sim- I was just going to say it would definitely simplify it if they did that. And I, and again, I had never oh, thought about it before. So it's a good point. All right, all right, Wayne. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. All right, man. Have a great day. Yes, sir. You too. Have a great day. Always good to talk to folks in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Uh, Lynn. Listening in Pontotoc in North Mississippi, calling us on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Lynn? Hey, man, how you doing today? Just right. What's up? All right. Oh, man, I just uh, got a question for you. I was wondering, do you think it's worse to lose by one point or 35, 40, 45, whatever? That is the perpetual question. It gets kicked up every year. It's people will go, I'd rather get blown out than to have, you know, the rug jump 
jerked out from under you and lose by a point or have to lose on a last second field goal and and you, you know well, it's like if you get beat by one you had a chance as a lot you might could have done different you get beat the way we got beat state oh uh, i don't know if we got everybody out there if we win the game or not i don't really believe no. we do after seeing the game no, Auburn's Maybe better. Maybe that was just a better football team. Auburn's better, and for whatever reason, okay, this is a series between State and Auburn that has not been very kind to the road teams. Um, and Lynn, here's the thing: I was looking at I was looking at this. Consider this. Okay, Auburn does have a big recruiting advantage if you look at rankings and you buy into all that kind of stuff. They have a big recruiting advantage, but we're coming off where like there's all this hope for State because State beat them like a drum last year. In Starkville. But in games, Auburn has won three out of the last four. Okay? Auburn has won three out of the last four in this series. In those three wins, three out of the last four, when Auburn has beaten State, they have outscored State a combined 143 to 47. That tells you. So, so get this. 2016 in Starkville, they won 38 to 14, and you'll remember it was like 35 to nothing, and they called the dogs off. Then yep. the, the next year in Auburn, State goes to Auburn in 2017. Auburn won 49 to 10, and then this one was 56 to 23. I mean, for whatever reason, and it's it's hard to pin it on one coach. Because this was happening. I don't think you can. This was happening to Mullen. They're going to Auburn and getting run out of there for whatever reason. It's just a place where, for the last, really the last decade, yeah. state just doesn't and they play had very that, well in there. And they had us circled this year. After last mm-hmm. year, they, they, I, you could tell by their emotion on the sideline, they had this one circled. Well, they said that last week leading up to the game. They kept, and even their coach, even Malzahn in his press conference, talked about. In Starkville last year, we were embarrassed. And last year, you know, they really put it on us. And they were more physical than us. And they beat us up. And their players were saying it. And and sometimes when you hear talk, Lynn, you don't know if you should buy into it. Watching them play the other night, th- yeah, they were they had it circled. Yeah, there's no question. They, they got us, and that's good. Maybe we'll get them next year, Matt. I'll let you uh, okay. get some other guys and other stuff. All I got to say is hell state anyway. boy. Attaboy. Don't be that bandwagon fan. Attaboy, Lynn. Th- appreciate the phone call. Call me anytime. Thanks for listening in Pond Talk. Auburn, 59. Mississippi State, 23. And, hey, Matt. Hey, what? Uh, there's, the, there's that Warhawk. There it is. Hey, hang by on, the way, they... Hey, run this for you. <laughs> hey, no just more don't, problems. Hey, just don't let the game warden see you. It's highly illegal to do that. Uh, we did get to see the Auburn Eagle fly around the stadium pregame. That was about the most exciting part of the football game for State fans, to be honest with you, because it did not take long. State was State didn't quite look ready to play the game. He had a bunch of penalties, and again, yeah, you know, I go. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about State at Auburn, but look at the last two trips. All right, this one under Moorhead. You go back to 2017. Mullen takes a. a a state team over there wound up being pretty decent, pretty good. You know, Sweat and Simmons were all on that team. Look at the last two trips. Penalties. So State had a delay of game to start the game, had another one get backed up, give Auburn great field position. They run one play at 7 nothing. It was downhill from there. 
2017, in that 49-10 to 10 game, State had seven false start penalties. And again, I'm sitting here looking at it going, use the Saints and the Cowboys last night as an example. It's hard to go on the road in a loud place where every fan in there is bought in to making a difference. It's hard to go play in that environment. It is. It's tougher. Okay. Cowboys offense, they were not the same in that game last night in the Saints. And I believe that the Dome and their fans for the Saints had a lot to do with that. They couldn't hear. You know, you heard former coaches like Dungy talking about they do a lot of communicating on the offensive line. They, they couldn't communicate. It was pretty obvious at times. The Cowboys could not run the ball on and on. The opposing venue makes a difference. In the SEC, you run into that about four times a year. You go to Tuscaloosa. You know, you go to – even when teams aren't good, you go to Fayetteville, it's loud. But you go to Georgia. You go to Auburn. State went there and lost 49-10 to in 2017 with seven false start penalties. And in this game the other night, what was the penalty total? Seven? Something like that? Much of delay of games? I mean, you have a delay of game on the first play. Like you get the opening kickoff and delay of game. And now it's first and fifteen before you ever snap a ball. No, nine penalties. State had nine penalties for 70 yards in that game. And ever how many of them were what? Personal fouls? There was a bunch of personal fouls in there. State, delay of game, delay of game. Offense, uh, illegal shift, false start, false start. Defensive penalties, personal foul, personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, personal foul. I don't know what it is about going in there the last two trips, but State goes in there, they they don't play as well at Auburn, and they just have rampant penalties. It's happened twice now in the last two trips. This game the other night for State was a deal where, you, you know, Auburn's got better players across the board. What do you mean, Matt? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? State's team from a year ago, you lose all those first-round players. You lose other seniors. And so it's a little bit of rebuilding. On top of that, all new quarterbacks, and one of them gets hurt. Got hurt again in the game. So this, this, you know, just in flux at quarterback. Nothing really stable right now. Here's Auburn at home. Got the game circled. Get you backed up. One play, boom, hit their head on the goalpost. One running play, seven zip, all downhill from there. Part of the reason I think they have had such an advantage in Auburn is because they recruit year in and year out at a higher level. Year in and year out being the key phrase. State had some some players that were a lot better than theirs last year. And in Starkville, away from Auburn, State puts up 350-something yards rushing in a game when Auburn knew they couldn't really throw the ball and still put up 350-something yards rushing on offense and shut them down on defense. That one game last year is really the anomaly in this series because you go back a long way. Games in Auburn have largely gone Auburn's way, and there's been several blowouts. The only time State's won in there in recent years is Dak Prescott, what, his last year? Goes in there and wins a close game, and that's Dak. Auburn's average recruiting the last three years. Ninth, 12th, and 11th in the country. Ninth best class in the country, 12th and 11th. Mississippi State, 24th, 27th, 24th. Those are two different levels. 
<laughs> Those are two different levels to this point leading into this year. One team's recruiting in the top 10 and one's not. You know, one's just by the hair of their chinny chin chin right there in about top 25, maybe just outside of it. So Auburn recruits at a higher level. Therefore, they just have had a, a big advantage in games in their home stadium. And I'm looking at it the other night, and it is a tough place to play, especially at night. It's really loud and, and all that. So it's it's not making excuses at all. I'm not at all. I'm just telling you what I think. I'm looking at it going, and, and we've got a long way to go today to talk about specifics in the game and who did what. I, I'm just saying this is a game. It's a place where not just this Mississippi State team, but most of them recent years, going back into the Mullen years, went into Auburn not quite ready for what they were going to face. And the same thing happened on Saturday night. Hey, and look, you know, I it's ugly. Okay, 56-23, you cannot put lipstick on that pig and make it look any better. You can't. 42 to 9 at halftime. But state didn't quit. In large part because of Schrader. Garrett Schrader goes in there and plays his tail off and somehow, you know, did everything he could to just show up. And frankly, defensively, he just didn't really show up. You know, 42 points in the first half, but offense put him up against it. Short field and. It, it was just lopsided from the get-go. So we'll get into some more of it. I'll take your phone calls. Lots of texts and tweets and stuff to get to, and I'm going to get into all of those next here on the show. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Keep it going, huh? Yeah. Text, call, tweet. Lots of ways to be a part of the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are the home team. Your hometown heroes. Let them handle your insurance, man. You'll be glad you did. They have agents you probably know that are right there from your town, been living there for a long time, or, or a combination of the two. You may already know them. Likely you do. And it's just great to have someone right down the road when, you know, something, the need arises, you have to make that claim or whatever, pick up the cell phone, call them personally, talk to them one-on-one, knock on their door. They're right there. It's the way it is with Farm Bureau, local Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi. Back here on a Reaction Monday. I'm curious what you think, feel, want to say, you angry, you mad, you sad? Or is it is it impossible? Are you like me? It's kind of impossible to get you all the way down. I still had a good weekend. Todd on the Divinity Equipment phone line, listening in Jackson. And Todd, I appreciate you hanging on, man. What's up? 
mad. I don't mind at all. I just want to let you know, uh, during the commercial break, both Alabama and Auburn scored a touchdown each. <laughs> uh, they're still scoring. You know what? Uh, um, nobody's bad. well, and nobody's really surprised, Todd. No, I wasn't surprised. I knew the defense from what I'd seen. I'm a MSU fan, so I, I knew from what I'd seen tackling-wise uh, and with the experience Auburn had on the front on both sides of the ball, but particularly with our defensive front, not playing Willie Gay, and uh, I was not surprised at all. I knew we wouldn't get any pressure on the quarterback and that we would make Bo Nix look a lot better passing-wise than he probably is at this point in his career. Uh, so not surprised there. Uh, my question for you, and I think it should hit home with you pretty closely. You had some quarterback issues in 98. You came in as a starter, and then obviously Wayne took over. And then mm-hmm. kind of in 99, things kind of reversed themselves. And you became the bullpen guy to come in against Kentucky and some other games to kind of close things out and, and bring us some win. Mm-hmm. My question is, at what point does Garrett Schrader stay as the starter if and when Tommy Stevens is able to come back? It's a good question. Um, it's a pertinent one, Todd. It's a little tough to answer. Well, and, and if I try to nail it, it's tough to answer. If I'm if I'm just being like, you know, tell you my, my gut feeling is that, like I said last week, it's not really changed that a 100% healthy Tommy Stevens gives you the best option. I saw it all throughout practice and all throughout scrimmages and even when he was fully healthy to begin with. You know, he was super good in those first six quarters really that he played in before the injury but that is now becoming a bigger and bigger stipulation right the the part of going a 100 percent healthy tommy stevens because i just i you know it's one thing to get hurt but he's got this deal it seems like where he and the coach you know they really want to get him out there it's his final go-round and, you know, he re-injured something or added something on top of the first injury, and that was all upper body, and now a leg injury getting rolled up forces him to leave the game. And it just makes you, now that you've had those those experiences with him multiple times of getting hurt and having to leave the game, and on top of that, now you have two losses, right? And, right. It's, and it's looking like a year where as you deal with 10 players missing a combined 80 games, do I have that right? Yeah. I mean, you got 10 players. If you add them up, that's 80 games combined that are missing this year from your roster. That It's a year where you're fighting and scratching and clawing to get back to bowl eligibility anyway. That's exactly what I was thinking. What different – with Schrader, we win probably – six or seven with Stevens we win six or seven if Schrader's the future play him Mm. let him play now let him get as much experience as he can Mm. because to me what I'm seeing from Schrader in what little we've seen of him and it's a small sample size I've seen a guy who can run not quite to the level of a Nick Fitzgerald but he's in the ballpark but he can pass at a significantly higher level than Nick Fitzgerald particularly as a freshman yeah that's not even close. Yeah, he made some throws the other day for touchdowns, and one that should have been a touchdown that Spivey dropped. Yeah. Nick Fitzgerald wouldn't have made those as a senior. 
Not consistently. Yeah, Spivey's got to catch that ball, right? Or And you'd have an, another TD on the board. And Schrader would be looking at three TDs in the game, and sure, it was a blowout, but he went in there and played really well. I, I agree with you. He shows some stuff with his arm that you don't really expect at times from a true freshman, and unfortunately, he's on a team that, you know, in a game like that, now you're you're going to have LSU and Alabama coming to your place, and it can be a lot different when you're playing at home. It can be. But still, those are offenses that, just based on what you've seen from the defense, you're not going to have a lot of expectation of limiting those offenses, right? And Right. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm on the fence right now just because I, I see it. You gave the preface that I've been through it, and that probably hinders me from seeing it as clearly as some other people because I understand both sides of it. I can certainly understand that all may look like it's lost, and Tommy wakes up one day and he's just healthy again. He can go on that ankle and and all that kind of stuff. Then I can certainly see it from the perspective of sometimes one or the other guy just gives the team a little more confidence. Um, in 98, you referenced those years all those years ago. In 98, with the way I was playing, Wayne coming in just gave our team more confidence. They just had more confidence in him. And then you know, there might have been some times the next year where me going in just gave them a little shot of confidence, and sometimes you have to manage that. I just think that it's a tough spot for the coach to be in, Todd, where you're trying to figure out how how do I how do I give the how do I play for the future without you know giving my seniors the impression that I'm giving up on them. You know, it's a tough spot to be in. Um, and it's early in the well, year. Well, I think you got to play the best player. You got to play the yeah. best player yeah. to give you the best chance to win. And that's my point. At this mm. point, Schrader may be that because of what he can do with his legs. And the real lesson to me goes to Keaton Thompson. If Keaton doesn't put himself in that transfer portal the day after it's announced that he's not the starter, look at what he. How I'm pretty sure he would have been playing ahead of Schrader, or at least that was he was considered the number two coming out of camp if he hadn't yes. had his issues and left the team and all that. He should be learning a valuable lesson, and it should be making him sick to his stomach watching Schrader play, knowing that he could be taking every one of those snaps. Yeah, and, and that should make him absolutely sick to his stomach. Well, and and I do think Todd, it may be a little. You're right in what you say, but it may be a little more complicated than that too, because Keaton had an arm issue, injury, arm, right. elbow thing before the whole transfer portal deal, and. So it compounded it because I think during that time it gave Schrader a chance to elevate, which he did. It gave Schrader a chance to get on the field and prove that he could do it in a game and not just practice, you know, which he did. And I have to wonder if you got an elbow issue on your throwing arm or something, how much are you actually rehabbing that the way you should when you're away from the team? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I wonder yeah. all those and, things and too. I don't know what. I don't know what Maiden has done to make Joe Moorhead mad, but what worries me as much as Schrader runs the ball, our backup is a walk-on. Because Maiden is not even pressing out for the games that I've seen. Right. And so if, if, if Schrader, when he dives inside the five the other night and he fumbles, if he gets hit and can't play, Logan Burnett's coming in to play the second half. That's true. That's exactly right. So whatever Maiden has done, he needs to get himself fixed because now he is the number two. Mm. He's got to get himself straightened out. I mean, he, the kid's not even pressing out for games like he was last year. Right. I just don't understand that. Well, yeah. 
You got they've got a lot of things they're dealing with, apparently. You know. So, uh, Todd. Uh, Todd. Appreciate the phone call. Call me anytime on the Divinity Equipment phone. Rolling along with you in a reaction Monday. I said I'd get to your texts, and Todd and I chatted with each other for a long time. So I'm getting to your texts next. That's a promise. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Lots and lots and lots to get to, including you need to be aware of this if you've been working today and maybe you're out and about and didn't get to see it or hear it elsewhere. This is um, a pretty significant deal. It's going to throw a lot of debate into the whole college amateurism sports model. I'm just giving you a heads up, not going on about it. I just want you to know. Uh, Here's the headline, California defies the NCAA as Governor Gavin Newsom signs into law Fair Pay to Play Act. Dan Murphy, ESPN, one of the current core tenets of the NCAA's identity and business model will be illegal in the state of California starting in 2023. He signed it into a a law which says that California cannot punish their athletes for collecting endorsement money. Keep in mind, that's a California law. Um, It's going to throw it into a big discussion between now and 2023, what the NCAA is going to do with California schools and, and that whole thing. So just get ready for it. I'm, I'm putting this in your lap. So, you know, he did sign it into law. We've talked about it before. We'll see what happens to me. I mean, 2023, in one respect, will be here before we know it. In another, it's way on out there. So just letting you know. Feedback. Thanks to everybody who's watching and tuning in on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio White. If you're watching on Periscope, hey, what's up to you? Um, Chris, my buddy Chris, who's a high school buddy, commented on uh, the Facebook page. He is an Auburn fan. He said, how's the puppy? Booby almost took him out. And then he put WDE, which stands for War Eagle. Yeah, the running back ran into Bully. Bully's fine. He popped right back up. Somebody told me that Todd Blackledge, the TV announcer, had a good line and said, well, that was the only Bulldog came close to that Auburn running back on that play. Uh, you know, you have to get those. You got to get those. Hardy, hard, hard. You got to get those in um, where you can. All right. It was pretty quick. It really was. All right, so uh, text line. Let's let's roll here on some some things on the text line. From Patrick, he says, does the beginning of the Auburn game turn out any differently if Schrader starts? Well, number one, we'll never know. And number two, no. I don't think. You want an opinion on it. Auburn was uh, better. They were more – they were a little bit more keyed up and ready to go in that game. They were more physical. And – you know, just the truth is, this is a year where you happen to have to go on the road for this, and they have a better team than you. I'm not sure they did have a better team last year when they went to Starkville, but this year they have a better team than State. And it's over there, and they were a little more prepared, and they got the early momentum because State made mistakes. State really kind of shot themselves in the foot and handed them the early momentum. And, man, Auburn kind of uh, just blocked them up and down the field. Auburn was a more physical team 
when, when their offense was out there. State's offense went out and kind of knocked them around some. It's just you're in too big of a hole. Quarterback gets hurt, you know, so, so back to the freshman who played pretty well. So I thought at times State's offense went out there and went toe-to-toe with Auburn's defense physically. But State's defense never did go toe-to-toe with Auburn's offense physically. And so I don't think the game turns out differently. It's, you know, and that's what I point to. Three Hump Camel says, uh, what does this say here? Hope you had those turns with you at the game. Tums. Oh, Tums. Tums with me at the game? Yeah. I just call the game, man. It's like work. I don't really get into it all that much emotionally anymore. This says, and it's an unnamed texture, says, I'm tired of all state fan friends calling for Moorhead's job. Give the guy some time. Yeah, you know. Shane. Say what, Roger? That's Shane. Oh, Shane said that. Okay, I see it. Shane. I know you hate you hate unnamed textures if you've got a name. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Thank you. I, I just missed it somehow. Shane says, I'm tired of all my state fan friends calling for Moorhead's job. Give the guy some time. Yeah, that's outside of reality, calling for his job, you know, early on in year two of his tenure as a head coach. But in again, I mean, if the Auburn game is what we're going by, I know there was a loss at home to Kansas State. Okay, I get it, but you got a whole bunch of players suspended, and you, your starting quarterback hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's not like they've dealt with just normal circumstances. And if the Auburn game is what gets people all riled up, then, you know, did they all want Mullen fired a couple of years ago when they went over there and got blown out 49-10? to 10? And that was a week after going to Georgia and not really showing up. It's tough on the road in the SEC. Unnamed texture says, first and goal inside the one on the road. Delay, set up, delay, set up. Long snap count equals false start. That's right. Especially on the goal line, if you make them stand there too long in their stance, it's just an increased chance that somebody's going to lean forward or get out of there early, especially when it's loud and you're uh, you know, trying to pay attention. Unnamed texture. Every time State's offense came to the line of scrimmage, they had to wait, look at their sideline, get new info, taking way too long to snap the ball. And you're like, snap the dadgum ball. Well, that's part of the deal when you're playing a true freshman quarterback in a read offense. It's not an eye offense, power eye. And we're calling one play, toss sweep. You know, it's not it. Playing a read offense, and now you're down to a true freshman quarterback, you're going to take more time to snap it as you call it from the sideline. That's for everybody. And that's why it's really even less excusable that when they start the game with Tommy Stevens in there, the senior, that they had two delay of games. You just can't have that. And I, you know, Tommy would tell you it's the way it is. In quarterback rooms, they all, we always believe the quarter the 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 clock is the quarterback's responsibility. We don't blame delay of games and clock issues or not snapping it quick enough in a hurry up offense. We don't blame that on coaches. It's a quarterback's responsibility. So Tommy's got to take responsibility for that. It just is. That's his thing he's got to look at. And probably that's a deal that you're going to get when you have a first-time starter on the road in the SEC. Noise and trying to get to play and forget to pay attention to the clock. But you have to. Unnamed Texture says, Auburn is like us last year, except Bo Nix made the crazy throw in the Oregon game and Osiris dropped the pass in the Florida game. How about that? And the jerk says, the first time I met Wayne Newton, he was stealing biscuits off the table next to me at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I would have 
I would have loved it if I could have had that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was great. Roger looked right at me and said, hey, I never did tell you, but the first time I met Wayne Newton, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just stop right there. What do you mean the first time you met Wayne Newton? You, what a great way to start a story. The first time I went, met Wayne Newton. Uh, all right, Divinity Equipment phone. Lynn, back on the horn with us from Pontotoc. What's up, Lynn? Lynn, are you there? I don't guess we have Lynn. All right, so let's jump. Jack in Madison. What's up, Jack? Hey, how's it going, Matt? Just right, man. Um, the Mississippi State game Saturday, What the quarterback stuff and the offensive stuff, that, that is what it is. That's just a bad hand been dealt with all year. Can't get any continuity, and starter can't stay in the game, and it's just constant back and forth. But defensively is, is, is what really got me. Uh, and if you got, I'm, I don't know if you've done. Yeah, I'm, I know you do that film breakdown. Dude. I don't know if you've already done it. But the first four or five touchdowns Auburn scored on the on the on the ground, at least the first four. I think five, maybe five of them. The running backs really weren't even touched. weren't touched. That's right. They weren't even touched. They they scored and were not even touched. And yep. we're not talking about one yard. Some of them are one two yard games. Some of them are fifteen yard games. And mm-hmm. they're red zone. They're red zone carries. Yeah. And that, that to me, and that's really a continuation of what you saw in really in the Kentucky game and the Kansas State game. That defensively, that that team is just not getting any kind of. They can't get off block. It's uh, uh, t- it's. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. They're it's not Jimmy's and Joe's. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. Okay, and I'm not using this to take a shot at all. At um. At State's players, they're all there for a reason. They're on scholarship for a reason, and at times they make good plays. But it's Jimmy's and Joe's. Let me give you an example, Jack. Their best, their their most talented defensive linemen are all first-year players. Fabian Lovett, Jaden Crumity, Nathan Pickering. Their most talented defensive linemen are all first-year players. Give me an example. You know, we heard a lot in the offseason about Kendall Jones because he's the like the lone senior, he and Autry coming back, but J- Jones was a high school signee. Well, he's coming back as a senior, Kendall Jones is, but they were so deep in front of him last year, as a junior, he couldn't even get on the field on last year's team. Right. And so what I'm telling you is, I, I take these numbers, for instance, I read them out earlier. These are the three recruiting class rankings for State leading up to this season, 24th, 27th, and 24th. So you're you're scratching your way into the top 25. Auburn is 9th, 12th, and 11th. There's a big difference between three classes added up on one sideline that are 10th best in the country and another that's not. State's recruiting classes, frankly, the last three leading up to this one, or leading up to this year, the rank is really not that much different than Ole Miss. It's really not that much different than Ole Miss. And look what happened to Ole Miss and Tuscaloosa and how they've been pushed around. State found themselves in a position last year. They were so good on the front, two first-rounders on the front, loads of seniors, and this is, this is a totally um, a total absence of experience and seniority on the defensive line, and that's why they're not getting hand on running backs at times in these games. Hey, I appreciate the call, Jack. Good one. Thank you.
Good call to end the first hour on. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. John Cohen, Athletics Director, Mississippi State. Coming up to start hour number two. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 